W233AH Monticello. Welcome to the local edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patricio Robayo, for this Friday. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with me. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. We made it through the week. We have a great program for you tonight. In the second half of the show, we're talking to the Liberty Arts Center, Liberty Museum and Arts Center, excuse me, about their upcoming Poetry Festival that kicks off this weekend. But first, it's Friday on the local edition, and every Friday we check in with the one and only Chris Rowley from the Schwanka Journal, letting us know what's happening in Ulster County and in Ellenville. And Chris, welcome back to the program. You have a report from us, uh, uh, hot off the presses, I should say, from the Plans and Progress uh, organization. They came out with a report about housing. And the issues and plans and ideas that could uh, towns and villages can implement going forward when it comes to the housing crisis. What can you tell us about what this report yeah, says? Yeah, this, this new report from Patent for Progress, um, it's called Out of Reach. Uh, and it examines the affordability of uh, rental housing throughout the nine counties of that patent covers. And also, uh, you know, addresses the, the, uh, the unaffordable uh, nature of building new housing uh, in the whole mid, mid Hudson region now, um, and you know it's 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 troubling. I mean, Patton observes a one hundred thousand dollar gap between the price of the average home and the mortgage that typical families would be able to afford in every county in the Hudson Valley. So you would be able to get a, a baby, be able to carry a mortgage for. You know, two hundred, two hundred and fifty, perhaps, um, but you would need a mortgage for four hundred to buy a new, new newly built house. Um, so you know, it means you need to rent, but rent what? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I mean, the the housing stock is just has not been um, increased, while the population has actually stayed pretty much stable, except in Orange County, but. There are people desperate for for uh, apartments, and uh, rents keep keep rising. And the portion of the population that's in sort of rent stress keeps rising too. Um, uh, so they make some some scary points. Over the past five years, rents have jumped twenty five forty five percent across the region. Wages have not kept pace. They have increased, but eighteen percent in Ulster County. 12% in Dutchess, 15% in Sullivan, 18% in Orange. But that's if your rent went up 40% and you only got an 18% increase in your wages, you ain't keeping up. So uh, what are you what are you giving up? Uh, well, you know, maybe you cut the cord and now you just stream occasionally. Uh, you don't pay for a, the TV and you gave up watching baseball and so on and so on and so on. So you, you know, I mean, these are the sort of issues I'm putting that as an obnoxiously male view of things there. But, but you know, uh, for, for families with kids, that's, you know, it, it, this is, this, we're talking crisis. 
you know, especially if if their families where there are two people working uh, low wage jobs, um, perhaps each of them putting in 50 hours a week or more, and uh, they can barely keep heads above water because the rents keep going up. Well, anyway, um, so the result is this. All employers, I haven't spoken to a single employer in the last two, two and a half years, not, not even since mid-COVID, who hasn't said the same thing. They cannot fill empty positions. They cannot find workers. Okay, they cannot find workers because those workers are leaving the area. There isn't enough money here for them to earn to pay for housing. They can't afford to buy a house, so that takes away the American dream. They can't afford to rent. Uh, that takes away the American whatever. Not necessarily a nightmare. I mean, people can have a happy life in, in a rented apartment, but they're not available. And we don't see them being built. I mean, okay, we cover the Shangam Journal. We cover Walworsing down to Mamakating. Uh, we cover over the town of Crawford. We cover some things in Sullivan, uh, some other things Ulster County wide. And we cover up the Rondout Valley towards Kingston. Um, in all that area, I've hardly seen any efforts to, to build any apartments. Um, and just, what was it now, two years ago, three years ago, um, a, a developer wanted to build uh, a 54-unit apartment structure on Blackhawk Road, uh, close to Route 302 at the, um, at the southern edge of the, ham of the town or hamlet uh, village, rather, of, of Pinebush. Uh, in the town of Crawford, and people just were outraged. They didn't want it. They came out in huge numbers uh, to complain, and it stressed out the town board and the town supervisor enormously, and, and it didn't happen. So that land remains empty and no 54 apartments. And that seems to be the response everywhere to anything like that. So here's what, here's what I'm saying, seeing. Two very powerful human uh, drives, urges, needs, wants are coming into conflict here with a dire result. On the one hand, we all want that that little that house, whether be it ever so humble. Uh, there's no place like home. A house with a little yard and a garage these days. You've got to have a garage. Um, now, of course, it's grown. The house is now bigger than than was imagined in the 1930s or 40s. Uh, and the garage is now two or three cars and it's packed with SUVs. But no, 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 not complaining. Uh, so we got that, uh, and that's what we all want. And we don't want to see apartment buildings rising anywhere in our view shed. We look around at the view. We see the countryside, the trees. Maybe we see a few neighboring houses. It's all exactly what we like. But we don't want to see apartment buildings. However, when our children reach the age of 18, 20 or come back from college, where are they going to live? Well, they're not going to live there unless they live with you, live with me. They're going to go to the city. They're going to go somewhere else in the country. They're going to, you know, and we will, we will lose touch with them. We, will, we don't see them that much. Uh, we will talk to them on the phone and, and exchange email and text. Great. But um, while that's going on at the same time, all the people that keep a community running, the people who work the post office, the people who, oh, Lord, the people who, who serve food at restaurants, the people who cook food at restaurants, the people who do all the jobs in all the local businesses that we depend on to keep our communities alive, they're having the same stress, and they're leaving. 
their children aren't staying here. And that means they can't find workers, and that means ultimately the, the quality of their services declines, uh, and perhaps they close. Um, and we could have this situation where uh, our communities, as the pattern uh, is, is promising in this thing, uh, is we'll just hollow out. Uh, they note that about 130,000 people have been lost in the Hudson Valley to migration since 1996, um, and the rent gaps uh, illustrates that issue clearly. Uh, for a family to live, not just survive, affordable rent can't be much more than 30% of their income. Yes. Um, but nope, new rank, the rent gaps now are alarming. Uh, for Ulster County, an affordable level of rent is set at $754 a month. Wow. Yeah, well, that's the affordable. Fair market, Mm, closer to twelve hundred for a one bedroom, and mm. then up to fifteen hundred for two bedrooms. Uh, so you know, you immediately see that. Um, for Orange County, the numbers are eight hundred and twelve, and one bedrooms at one two three three, and two bedrooms at one five eight three. You know, and when you go down towards the city. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I'm I'm seeing high numbers here in Sullivan County. I remember just because I always look at at what's. Uh, What's for rent and what's for sale in, in Sullivan County? I'm seeing rents like in Liberty. Uh, you know, one bedroom's going for fifteen hundred dollars now, uh, which is ridiculous. I, I remember living in when I used to work in the Bronx, um, and back in two thousand, you know, fifteen, sixteen. That you know, the big jump was you know, one bedroom apartments were were, were going for one thousand dollars in in. Um, um, it's amazing how the jump happened. So I, I, it's eight hundred for one bedroom. I think it's, now it sounds nice because there, I'm seeing ads now for fifteen hundred dollars for one bedroom. So there you go. So you know, uh, this uh, even not even Patton can keep up with with the speed of it. Yeah, I was going to get to Sullivan. Sullivan uh, yeah, is the exact same thing is happening. Uh, this and it comes down to a shortage. And there's, there's another aspect of it, which which is uh, inevitable, but 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 very difficult. The way this area was settled, that is by us, the the current people who live here, uh, we took over the legacy housing that was here. A lot of the housing. Uh, in um, the southwest corner of, of Ulster County is from the 1920s and 1940s. Um, there's some, a little bit from the 50s and 60s, but, but it's, it's, it's old housing stock. Uh, it, it, it'll last forever if it's kept up, but um, not very much has been added in the last 20 years. I mean, here and there, there's a little development. Here and there, there's a, a new house pops up. There have been a few that... In, in uh, Wawarsing, uh, there was a 19-home uh, subdivision that I covered uh, for the on front of Piney Board a couple of years ago. Uh, there's another one a little further south, uh, down to Lure and Kill. I mean, there are a few things, but it's nothing compared to the demand uh, and no apartment buildings. And you, you find me a town supervisor uh, who will, you know, not just turn away and change the subject if you bring up apartment buildings. Um, because, you know, it's political death. So we're voting and we're demanding something which, in the end, comes back to bite us in our exposed posterior because, you know, we need those apartment buildings. We need places for our kids to start out. We need places for people who work in restaurants to live, people who work in all the necessary things, you know, and, well, we don't want them, we don't want to see them. Yeah, well, you know, to, to talk about a crisis, you know, we, you know, we hear plans like pattern for the pattern for the progress in their reports. Um, 
you know, everything is, is almost like five years down the road when things could potentially be built, uh, you know, uh, and thing is when you have a crisis, it's needed now. And, and that's the scary part. Like what's happening to those families and those individuals now, those who, who, who are, you know, potentially living in shelters or living in, in other family, other place, places, uh, family members, um, they can't find an apartment or house now and they need it now and not five years from now. It, that, that's the scary part. Like what, what's happening now? How, how are they surviving? Well, I, they're either paying, you know, up to two thirds of their income in rent and just squeaking by. I mean, this, here's the difficulty. If you're a renter and you have a, a limited amount of income, say you say your, your family's got an income of, uh, $3,000 a month. Uh, if you're dropping two grand just on your apartment, how are you keeping a couple of cars on the road? You know, I mean, I mean, we, we ha- how, how are you affording all the stuff that the kids need for school? How are you affording food? I mean, yeah. we just had a positive inflation that, you know, lofted food prices. I don't, I don't know exactly what, but, but enough that I'm noticing, uh, you know, and, and I know that, that that's going to be an issue in, in the, in our national elections next year. Uh, Inflation is really hurting a large section of the population. And unfortunately, lawmakers are another section of the population. They tend to be from the, from a wealthier end of things and they may just be out of touch. I don't know. I, what, what I do know is that these, um, the, this, this rent crisis, this, this, the unaffordable, uh, uh, housing crisis, uh, is hurting Pretty much everybody who makes less than say sixty, seventy grand a year, um, even, and even if you have more, I mean, it's still it's 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 almost impossible to find new housing. Uh, our real estate section, which we run in the Strong Gum Journal every few weeks, um, for years, all the people I would speak to, realtors, right, would say the same thing. Well. The uh, the inventory is really, or inventory, excuse me, Americans, inventory is really tight. Um, there's hardly anything coming on. We have a few listings, uh, no new listings in the last month, or just a scattering of listings. Well, Chris, thank you so much for that uh, report on the progress and plans of progress report about housing. So it's an issue that we definitely are going to be keeping track on. So uh, thank you for bringing this up to light. Coming up, we're talking to the Liberty Museum and Art Center about the Poetry Festival that's coming up this weekend. You're listening to the local edition. We'll be right back. I have a picture pinned to my wall. An image of you and of me, and we're laughing with love at it all. You are listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Lights, camera, Big Eddie. The 12th Annual Big Eddie Film Festival is September 28th through October 1st in Narrowsburg, New York. 
Produced by the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance, the Big Eddie ignites conversations and celebrations through independent film screenings, makers' panels, programs, parties, and more. Schedule and tickets at BigEddieFilmFest.com. The Big Eddie Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. Paid for by DDAA. This week on This American Life, the story of a couple where he gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's and decides he wants to end his life before the disease goes too far. She tries to help him figure out how to do that legally, which in the United States is nearly impossible. They finally find a place in Switzerland. We hear this unusually real, very three-dimensional account of the entire experience they go through. It's really something. This week. Saturday at 6 on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to The Local Edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday evening, Patricio Robayo. This weekend marks the commencement of the 14th Poet Festival at the Liberty Museum and Art Center. The festival showcases a variety of poets, themes, and poetic styles. Joining us on the phone to provide further insights is Marilyn Lawfer, a board member of the museum, and the Liberty Poet Laureate. Welcome to the program, Marilyn. Um, first, let's just discuss the, the significance of hosting a festival like this in Liberty. There was a gentleman named Walter Keller who, about 14 years ago, um, he was a businessman and he was a poet, and he wanted to start readings where people could just write whatever they felt and, and come in and, and have people come and listen. And he put a little blurb in the paper, and I saw that blurb, I guess, the first year that he did it, and responded, and that's how I met him. And he did that for four years, after which he passed away, unfortunately. And then for a couple of years, we did memorials and did his poetry at, at our readings, and after that, we started having them under my guidance, and I, I coordinate them and now host them. And we started having them at the museum building, and we had maybe six or eight people that we had 11. One year we had almost 20. The place was getting packed. It was really popular. More people were learning about it, and a lot of the poets came from all over the place. We have poets this year, even from New York City and around. And then they have a reception and schmoozing and talking about what books they published. And then came COVID. And when COVID came, we were like, oh, dear, lots and lots of people. We don't want like 50 people in a small group with COVID. Yeah. But then I found out that the library in Liberty, the Liberty Public Library, under the auspices of Marge Linko, the director, she was starting to do some things for the library on Zoom. So I spoke to her, and she agreed to have us come up there and do it on Zoom. So if we wanted to be in the audience, we could read and listen, or we could do the reading or the listening on the Zoom. Uh, And she was there each time with us working the equipment. And so this is our third year where we have a hybrid. It's going to be in the Liberty Library on Saturday at 1 o'clock. That's the 23rd of September on Zoom and in person. And this year, in fact, more and more each year, it seems that people want to be in person. So we don't have a lot of Zoom, but it's available. And then after that, we'll go down to the museum building at 46 South Main in Liberty and have a reception for the audience and the poets. And they seem to have a good time at that. Different people bring food, and it's like a smorgasbord. 
Yeah, you mentioned the pandemic and just going back to when folks had a transition from in-person events and and go to Zoom and 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 it's great that you were able to find a place to still hold events and still connect with the community, especially during that time it was very difficult for everyone and to have some events on live uh on Zoom at least uh, connecting with people through technology. And you know, it's like 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 now Zoom. Zoom is is part of our lexicon, everyday lexicon. When you know, to be honest, for me personally, I never heard of Zoom until the pandemic came. Well, it's good that it was there because it gave us more continuity. Right, people right. wouldn't have forgotten about us over you know a couple of years of not having it because of the uh, the pandemic. Yeah. So, do you want to name some of the poets that you have in store for this weekend? Well, we have sixteen poets. We have myself and. Two other poets laureate, Eric Balin, who was before um, Sharon Kennedy. And then Sharon is going to be reading, the, the current poet laureate of Sullivan County. We have a couple of people from New York City. We have um, some housewives, a nurse. We have a former actor who usually does his poetry by memory, even, it, even though it's not short. So he's always fun to watch. And a variety of other people that uh, some of them are returning people, some are new, some are new at writing. I have one this year I was hoping for younger people and and finally got a high school senior who's going to be reading one of the poems that she wrote. Right, right. And all of these are original. They have to be original. Um, The the poets send their works to me for, um, I, I check to make sure that they're not, of color too much for children in the audience, etc. But uh, also I time them, and depending on how many poets are coming, we give them that amount of space for reading. So some are reading one or two, some are reading maybe three if they're very short. And I get back to each one of them, and we, we discuss what they're going to read. And so it's not my decision, it's theirs mainly. Right. That's great that you have this this event that um, allows people a space to do that. He says some of them are experienced, some of them have been there before, uh, but some of them are the, for the first time. And uh, and right. you know, and and that, that's a big experience for someone who's you know just starting out in poetry, starting out in writing. And you know, it's a uh, it's one thing from writing poetry for yourself in, in in your notebooks or whatever you do, and then another thing to actually go up there and perform the poetry um, different way because uh, you know poetry could be sort of Especially the way that the person reads it um, could be interpreted uh, many different ways. So it's so much better and so much different when the poet reads it himself or herself. Yeah, it yeah. really has a lot of meaning. You know, people seem to shy away if you say, "Oh, would you like to come to a poetry reading?" They kind of put their eyes down and mm-hmm. look away from you. And poetry, I don't like poetry. But we're trying to help people understand that they probably really do. If they gave it a chance. You know, when they sing songs or when they were kids and did nursery rhymes, they don't even think about all of those things are poems. Right. And they don't say they don't like those. Yeah. Also, this year we are having a children's event. May I talk to you about that? Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because that's great that, you know, you have uh, children involved. Go ahead, please. Well, I I hope that they will come. Um, The advertising is out somewhat, but not as much as we were hoping. Right after school this Friday, that's tomorrow at 3 o'clock at the museum in Liberty and the, the museum building itself this time at 46 South Main, we are inviting children to come and find out that, quote-unquote, poetry is fun. And we have three people lined up to teach and one lady who's going to be helping with the refreshments. There will be refreshments. 
Uh, one of the ladies who's teaching is a, a, a published author of children's books. Another one is a member of the Alchemy Group, of which I'm also a member. It's poets who have been around since like the 50 or 60 years, started out in Grahamsville, and now we're meeting in Liberty. But, so I have some poet friends helping me. And I'm going to try a segment this year in Spanish just to see what happens with that so Spanish-speaking kids could get into this as well. As I said, there are refreshments. All of this is free, by the way. I want you to know all right. what the audience who are listening to me now. The museum's events are pretty much free, um, but I want you to also know that we wouldn't say no to any donations or volunteers who want to help with anything. Just saying. Just in case folks don't know, where exactly is the Liberty Museum located? It's called the Liberty Museum and Arts Center. It's at 46 South Main, just half a block south of the red light in the middle of Main Street. It's, oh dear, it's hard to say right now. It's across the street from where the movie house, the movie theater was, is kind of, they're working on that. They're making something inside of it and they're changing it, but it still has a marquee. It says, Liberty Theater on it. Mm. And if you needed to come there and you wanted to park, you could park in the parking lot by the Elks Club down in the back, and the sidewalk from the Elks goes straight to that building. Very easy to find it from there. Right, right, right on Main Street. So Right on Main Street in Liberty. It's a little un- unobtrusive. It's like between some other buildings, but we have a sign out. Definitely, definitely. It's open on Fridays and Saturdays from 12 to 4, and volunteers are, are working there. I, I mean, if the volunteers who are on board and who are members of the, of the uh, organization, um, they come in, they give their time to have it open. Right. So I said the 14th annual festival, Poetry Festival, Liberty Poetry Festival is happening on Saturday, the 23rd. There's also a children's workshop. Um, Marilyn, the website says it starts at 4 p.m. You said 3 p.m. Is 4 p.m. the correct or 3 p.m.? 3 p.m. is correct. Last year, we okay. tried to do it at 4 p.m. and it didn't work as well because children after school would go home and not come back mm. for 4 o'clock saying, so we're trying to do it right after school this year. Okay. Try so, to attract more people. Also, there is one other thing I would like to mention. Sure. Our, our president asked me to. There is a third um, poetry event that's coming up the following Saturday. That would be the twenty, the 30th, I think, right? Mm-hmm. At 7 o'clock, and it features Barry Wallenstein, who is a poet and a jazz musician named Steve Carland, and they're going to be doing a poetry and jazz event that day. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, so it's, it's like a poetry week. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's fantastic. And it's all happening in Liberty, uh, all starting uh-huh. this, this weekend. That's, that's fantastic that the, that the, the arts and culture are out there. And it's really, I applaud you for, um, uh, taking the initiative of including Spanish, uh, poets or Spanish readings. Uh, because, you know, said the, the, uh, the population in Liberty is diverse and it's great that, uh, having one included. And I think that's a fantastic thing. You should be applauded for that. So, and that's all happening this weekend, starting this weekend in Liberty at the Liberty Museum and Art Center. The poetry festivals to kicks off, uh, this Friday with the children's workshop and also all programming on Saturday. Uh, and Marilyn. The children's and, and the adult reading is at the public library at 189 North Main. Oh, 189 North Main. Great, great. So we're talking to Marilyn, who's on, um, who's a member of the board and also the Poet Laureate for Liberty. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Let us know about these great events that are happening this whole week. That's this weekend and next week. Oh, thank you for having us. And that does it for the local edition. 
Thank you so much for spending your Friday evening with me. We'll be back on Monday doing this all over again. Talking to the Sullivan County government. Also checking in with the Sullivan County Democrat. If you ever miss a show, guess what? We have a podcast. You can find us anywhere to find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share it, and tell your friends. You can find us on social media. We're on WJFF Radio Catskill. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, LinkedIn. We got you covered. You can even visit our website, wjffradio.org, slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests, and you can even listen to the show. How special is that? You've been listening to The Local Edition, and I've again been your host, Patricio Robayo, for this Friday evening. Have a good night, Lucy. This is Radio Catskill, your NPR station, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Coming up for you is The Daily, and starts off your Friday night, where music is the mixtape. Have a safe one out there, and take care. Radio Catskill supporters include Sullivan Catskills Visitors Association, SullivanCatskills.com, Catskill Brewery, brewing ales, lagers, and mixed fermentation beers in a Lead Gold certified building, plus a food truck and beer garden at exit 96 off Route 17 in Livingston Manor, CatskillBrewery.com, and listeners like you who donate at WJFFRadio.org. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill, 103.5.